listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. Please your Bibles and turn again to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we continue this uh, mini-series of studies on the subject of personal revival. As this year comes to a close, we enter a new year in the will of God. Uh, we need again to consider the need that we have to walk with the Lord, to walk humbly uh, with our God. And of course, this psalm has been uh, selected because of the repetition of the language of quicken me, or the, the Lord hath quickened me, various terms that are used in this portion of God's Word. And let's read then verse 33. So Psalm 119, we're going to read together from the verse number 33, and we'll read this portion of God's Word. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. I suppose at the outset I should say afresh tonight that we think of personal revival in a biblical sense. We are describing really a desire in the child of God for a more vibrant, a more living spiritual experience. And this is not a desire for new life. These are, again, the burdens of a believer who's been born again of the Spirit of God. But during certain seasons, there is a recognition of a need for a refreshment. Uh, reviving of our walk with the Lord. We think of issues like prayer and Bible study and church life and worship. And really, it is a desire for a deeper, more joyful experience of communion with Christ. We want to walk with the Lord. We want to know the joy of fellowship with the Lord. We want to know that in a more intense and uh, in real fashion. And that is part of spiritual life. For Christian life is not static. Or justification, that's static, it's sealed, it's perfect. Again, it's secured in heaven because it's based upon Christ's perfect righteousness. But in terms of our sanctification and communion, there are ebbs and flows. There are seasons where we are close to the Lord and other times when we can fall back. And we need to be reminded to, again, to pursue after our first love. The desire is a mark of God's grace. The very burden that exists in the child of God to be quickened is a sign itself of God's grace. We're wanting Christ. We want more of Christ. And only the child of God really wants more of the Savior. Yes, through remaining sin, we have these continual seasons, almost a continual desire to walk with the Lord. Spurgeon, again, in his work, The Treasury of David, uh, has some helpful comments on the verse number 25 that we saw last time. Again, verse 25, the burden is, quicken thou me according to thy word. And in Spurgeon's hints to preachers uh, in that section of Treasury of David, he talks about the motives for seeking quickening. And I'll uh, give you the first three of those. He says, because of what you are. 
You're a Christian. You want more life. That's a burden of a believer. You want more of this because of what you ought to be. You know you're not what you should be, and therefore there's a burden for a quickening in your heart, and even because of what you shall be. You, you know there's greater things to come, and you want to reach out to that. You want to desire the prize of the high calling of God. And so for those motivations, there is this burden to walk with the Lord. But I want to pick up where we left off last week by recognizing the spiritual revival is often necessary due to a dullness caused by spiritual neglect. Yeah, and I, we said last time in some length that this desire for spiritual revival is essentially a continual desire for the child of God. We, we're never what we ought to be, uh, and our, our closeness of the Lord is never what it ought to be. But here we're thinking particularly of those seasons where we feel to guard our heart. And we recognize that, we have symptoms of that, we know that our prayer life that should be constant and confident is, is dull, it's faltering, it's full of doubt. We, we see Bible study to be slow. We're getting nothing out of the Word. It's a struggle to get to the Word day by day. And when we do see something, we're slow to obey. Our love for the Lord is dull. Our joy in the house of God is, is diminished. We're slow to praise the Lord's name. And when we do so, we do with our lips and not our hearts. We, we know this experience and it comes at times due to a carelessness in our walk with the Lord, we need to be guarding our hearts at all times. But recognizing that circumstance, recognizing that dullness can come, the psalmist presents to us certain scenarios which are especially likely to lead to such dullness. If you like, there are times in our lives or circumstances that we face in our lives that have a tendency to lead to dullness. And in such times, there is a particular need for special times of reviving. If you like, if we can identify those scenarios, if we can identify those circumstances, we can be forewarned and forearmed against them. Or if we're going through that season and find ourselves dull, well, then we, we can call out to God, quicken thou me. So taking some time tonight to really identify those scenarios, I think, is helpful for the child of God. Perhaps you're in one of these times and you realize, I need the Lord to quicken me. Or perhaps you're going to come into one of these in the near future and you've got to guard your heart and pray, Lord, quicken me in this particular situation. And there are three I want to highlight really based upon some of the language of the Psalm 119. The first one is, it is the scenario of beholding the emptiness of this world. And that's why we read verse 37 to begin with tonight. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. The psalmist is identifying a connection here. There's a concern that if his eyes are beholding vanity, well, then the danger is it'll come in his soul, and he's going to need this particular quickening. So there's a connection here of thoughts. Now, to behold here, turn away my eyes from beholding vanities, is not simply looking upon sin. We can't live in this world and not see sin. We see sin in the church. We see sin in the world around us. We see sin in our own lives, in our homes. Uh, we're, we're continually confronted with, if you like, sin before us. But what's involved here is, turn away my eyes from delighting in looking upon vanity. Turn away my eyes from lingering in looking upon vanity. Turn away my eyes from continuing to look upon vanity. Not simply being exposed to it, 
but a liking for it, a longing after these things. My vanity that's used here in, in verse number 37, again, you'll, you'll know it from the language of the, uh, of the poetic scriptures. It has this sense of emptiness or fruitlessness. And again, of course, Solomon uses it several times in, in his writings, this, this idea of something that really is of no benefit. But in the language of this verse in the Psalms, it's, it's drawing alongside and contrasted with in the way. And so the vanity involved here particularly involves an emptiness in this world that leads us away from the Word of God. And so it's this world as an entity, but that's drawing us away from an obedience for the Savior, from walking with the Lord. And so vanity, I don't believe necessarily are things in of themselves that are sinful, but the idea is of seeing this world and the emptiness of this world, and as we behold that, we're drawn away from the way of God. Hence this prayer for, for quickening. Worldliness is the issue here. Uh, worldliness, again, is too often too gnarly defined. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't go to the movies, don't dance, all these things. This is, this is worldliness. The believer can be worldly without embracing any of those situations. Worldliness here is a delight in the vain things of this world. It is an embracing of the vain things in this world, some of which are not themselves intrinsically sinful. Spurgeon, again, has a, a sermon uh, based upon some of these words and quickening. And again, he's got some very challenging uh, phraseology in the language. I'm going to actually do something I don't do very often. I'm going to give you a series of Spurgeon quotes i uh, make some comments on those quotes as we go along because I think he, he puts into his, his own words the issue at stake here. Here's number one. Even those who try to live nearest to God, this evil influence exerts itself like some stifling vapor, engendering a dreadful sleepiness where it cannot accomplish death. He's saying this, the world is like a vapor that is numbing your spiritual senses and you become sleepy in the walk with God. He continues, lawful loves. You what he said there? Not sinful loves. Lawful loves have become engrossing and have eaten the Lord's portion. The son of David has been displaced by a usurper or at least another throne has been set up in his palace. It's this idea that we have something in our heart's affection that is ruling and reigning in Christ's place. And as such, we, we lose our zeal and our burden to walk with the Lord. He says this, you, my brothers, and here he's talking of those who are laboring in the, in the machine industry, and he's got that very that language is involved in, in the longer coat. But he says this, you, my brothers, who are much engaged in business from morning to night, when things go with you very roughly, or on the other hand, when they go with you very smoothly, have the deepest cause to pray, Lord, quicken me. Earth sticks to your hearts, especially those forms of it known as gold and silver. And lumps of it, ease of earth, make a pilgrim's progress tardy. You cannot wrestle in prayer while you're down with worldly cares. 
in such a vivid way of describing it. The gold and silver, this world is like earth that sticks to the child of God and slows them down in their progress in the things of the kingdom. <coughs> things that are not necessarily sinful, but they occupy our hearts. He says this, this is really autobiographical from Spurgeon. He says this, Though I mingle little with the business or the politics of the hour, I feel a drowsy influence creep over me from the smoke of these tents of Kedar in which I dwell, like that which Bunyan mentions in his description of the enchanted ground, where the very air made men drowsy. The busyness, the politics of the hour, really drowsy, having a drowsy effect upon Spurgeon's own walk with the Lord. He says this, this influence in his heart, tends to preaching mechanically, as an automaton might do if properly wound up, and at least to praying by routine after the manner of a Tibetan windmill or a ritualistic priest. A vivid language. Now, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the, the, the prayer wheels used by Buddhists. I saw them in Kathmandu. Uh, and you'll go along the, the areas in Nepal, and they're, they're spinning these wheels ritualistic, going through the motions of prayer, but there's, there's no heart because there's no mediator, there's no Christ there. It's just the riches of prayer. And Spurgeon's saying, when I occupy my mind with this world, I find a drowsiness over my soul that renders my prayers like the spinning of a Tibetan windmill. It's a very, very challenging personal testimony from Spurgeon. And it's true for so many of the children of God. Now, you be careful here. The issue here is not of time. Again, if the issue is time, then we'll all follow the pattern of Rome and become monks and nuns in some cloister somewhere. The issue here is not time. Now, granted, we could all do well with more time with the Lord, less time consumed on pointless things. Again, we're not going down the line of absolutely pointless things here, but we spend a lot of time on things that have zero point. No benefit, and yet we find ourselves scrolling through a social media account, and it's got zero benefit in our walk with God. And we waste so much time on those things that could gladly be spent in the Lord. I'm not talking about that. Well, Lord just did. The issue we're dealing with here is those things that are legitimate and reasonable in this world. And it's not a matter that we, we, we cut ourselves off and give up our employment and stop doing our chores and all the responsibilities we have in this world. So the issue is not time. Because the Lord has said to us, six days shalt thou labor. One day for public and private worship particularly. So it's not about time. It's all about our heart's affections. It's all about beholding vanity with love and delights. It's having our hearts consumed where the things of this world occupy our hearts as of first importance. It's having our security found in this world and not in the Lord. That we are at peace when all is well with our property, even though our souls may be at harm. So long as we've got enough property, then there's peace. But if we find ourselves eh, there's peril of poverty, Oh, then we find ourselves unsettled, and it's an evidence that our security is found in this world and not in the Lord. The child of God is secure in plenty or in wants. Paul makes that point very clear. 
So is our security found in what we have in this world or we have in the world to come? And if we look at our lives and say, no, I must have this world's goods, then we find ourselves with another throne in our hearts and we're beholding vanity and we're quickening. It may be we find ourselves at peace, peace in our soul. If we have certain things or if all is well in our earthly relationships, then we're at peace. But we're conflict with God. Perhaps, again, if we were to lose something of this world's goods, perhaps lose a loved one, perhaps lose something that's very dear to us. If we lost something of this world, our lives would just be turned upside down in a way that we'd lose our walk with the Lord. But if we were to lose the Lord, I wouldn't care. We wouldn't care so much of that in our lives. If we had some deficiency in our, in our Christian pilgrimage, and that would not have the impact uh, that losing something this world would have. It's about our hearts. And we find ourselves consumed with this world. We need to pray this prayer. Quicken thou me in thy way. That's the emptiness of this world. The second thing really is the experiences of this world, the encounters of this world. And you look across at Psalm 107 and you'll see again how the psalmist details this and draws these things connections he makes Psalm 107 I am afflicted very much quicken me O Lord according to thy word a fit time for the prayer to be quickened is a time of great affliction times of great temptation and trials should be particular seasons of praying that God would give us extraordinary grace there's the recognition that in affliction we need unusual grace. Affliction can dull our souls, dull our hearts. And therefore, when affliction comes, we've got to pray this prayer, quicken thou me according to thy word. You've also got that across in verse number 50. Again, the psalmist is going through a season of affliction. And he says, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. There's again this, this recognition that in seasons of trouble, in seasons of affliction, there's spiritual danger and spiritual peril. And the tendency is that we, we lose out with God, and therefore we need this quickening in our souls. In general, afflictions can become all-consuming. I think the vast majority of you here have gone through some season of trial or affliction. And you will recognize that it is your first thought in the morning, and your last thought at night, and it's occupied your mind through the night as well. You've woken up through these things, and they are, they're all consuming. Your mind is so occupied with the particular affliction or trouble, whatever it might be. And what's the result of that? Well, your mind can only really think of one thing at a time. And as your mind is consumed with the worries and anxieties of this world, then the, the thoughts of God are pushed aside. You're delaying Christ, pushed aside. And so we've got to find ourselves getting before God and say, quicken me. These afflictions can become all-consuming. Of course, beyond that, the concern is that they can provoke bitterness in our walk with the Lord. And we sang the hymn, Tonight God moves in a mysterious way. A hymn that was birthed in affliction. You may know the story of, of Cooper's deep bouts of depression, uh, self-harm, and uh, tremendously dangerous suicidal thoughts. He, he found himself uh, oftentimes overwhelmed with affliction. And this hymn is birthed from such a heart. 
God moves in mysterious ways, wonders to perform. But when you look at the words of the hymn, it points us in the direction of the dangers of affliction. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread. Afflictions in our soul provoke fear. Fear for the future, for ourselves or for others. And we, we, we're occupied in our minds, not with trusting the Lord, but in fear for our circumstances. So afflictions can rob us of our joy in the Lord. Hence, there is this necessity in afflictions. I don't want to lose my joy. I don't want to know fear. I want to know peace. Quicken thou me according to thy word. You've got the issue of belief highlighted. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. There you see afflictions. We, we look at our pathway and through unbelief we make wrong assessments of the work of God. And we assess God incorrectly and unbelief has crept into our souls. And what does unbelief mean? We haven't that joy in the Lord. When he quickened in the way, we've lost out with the Lord. He even goes further. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. You see, those in affliction, they, they have harsh thoughts of God. They're in trouble, they're in trials, and they're judging the Lord. So he's saying, judge not the Lord by feeble sense. Don't make harsh judgments regarding the ways of God. His ways are always good. He is never cruel to the child of God. And so be careful in your judgments. But in affliction, a bitter spirit can come in your soul. And you end up, you need to pray this prayer, quicken me. You get the point, don't you? I'm just giving some illustrations here to help us understand these things. These are seasons of danger to our soul's vitality. We can be captivated by this world's emptiness. And we can be overcome by this world's experience. And then finally, very briefly, we should think about the enemies we face in this world. Because that's one area that the psalmist particularly highlights. Look at verse number 86 through 88. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness. So shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. He's confronting persecution. The enemies of the gospel, the word, are coming against him, and he's, he's crying out to God, quicken thou me, quicken me after thy loving kindness. You get the same across in verse 158. It says there, I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. You see, this matter of persecution and being confronted with the enemies of this world really is just a particular form of affliction. You say, why are you giving this a separate heading, a separate line of thought? Well, because the psalmist highlights it as a particular and a, and a unique form of affliction that can cause trouble in the child of God. Oh yes, it's one affliction among the manifold temptations we face as the children of God. And um, we, we find ourselves facing the same challenges, therefore we're, we're consumed by our enemies, we're consumed by persecution, and we lose heart, and we, we succumb to fear. But there is a special risk 
when it comes to being persecuted in this world. A special risk that requires quickening and enlivening. Now, you'll see it there in the verse number 87. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. And then 157, it says this. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. The danger the child of God faces in persecution is that they'll fall away from the Lord. You know, some of you may have first encountered this in school or in college. You get sneered at. You're a serious Christian? You, you take Christianity seriously? You, you want to walk with the Lord? That's strange. That's just, that's just stupid. Why would you do that in your life? Why would you, you give your life to the Lord? And there's a sneering and what's the temptation? Oh, well, I'm not as serious as you think I am. And you're going to compromise. And you hold back on your determination to walk wholly with the Lord. And you find yourself, the fear of man's a snare and at least a compromise. And when we face that in, in adolescence, that continues into in adulthood. In the workplace, in the public square, you say, I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ Jesus. People laugh, you to scorn. And as this world continues in ungodliness, more and more we find ourselves, you know, at the, uh, if you like, the point of the sword of the enemies of the gospel, are we going to compromise? Are we going to stay strong in faith? The wicked are prospering. And we're being afflicted by them. And we can lose heart in our walk with the Lord. It's a unique and a special time to seek the Lord's face. The danger of such spiritual compromise. Okay, I've just given you three areas, and th these are not the whole story. But there are these three particular areas. This world is full of emptiness and vanity. This world is, is going to bring about experiences in your life that are challenging. And there are those who are the enemies of the gospel in this world. And those are seasons when we can fall away from following the Lord. We can fall back from doing His precepts. And we need to pray out to the Lord, Lord, quicken me. Quicken me. Draw me nearer by the work of the Spirit of God. That the dearest idol will tear it from that throne and worship only Thee. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.